Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. My guest today is a thought leader. He believes that a slight shift in your thinking and in your perspective can change everything. And that's why I like to interact with this man. He's made a difference in my life. His book, The Go-Giver, has been an international bestseller and has changed the lives and the the thought patterns of many. I would like to welcome Bob Berg to the program. Welcome, Bob. Hi, Dr. Paul. Great to be with you. So thrilled that you're here. Let's jump right in with this go-giver idea. This is something that you have taught and, and trained for a long time now. I say a long time. That's always relative, right? I guess so, but I think in my case it is. I'm 59, and so I feel like I can I can say a long time now with practically everything. You know, Bob, this is one of those ideas that I think changes the game when we're talking about sales, leadership, relationships, almost every aspect of life. Can you give our listeners a little introduction to how you came upon this and and what it means to you to be a go giver? Well, yeah, I was very blessed to, uh, you know, be born to two awesome, wonderful, loving parents. And so mm-hmm. I, I think I got to watch them uh, just be the type of person who I would want to be, someone who I, you know, I would call a go-giver. They were always adding value to the lives of everyone they met. And though, you know, that those words wouldn't have been used, go-giver, but um, right. so starting off with a great example. Uh, I think for for a time I strayed away for that, but fortunately came back to that and also learned in early adulthood that not only was living like that a, a good way to live life, but it was actually, it turns out, a very financially profitable way as well. And for reasons that are are actually very concrete, you know, they're not, I don't think they're magical, mystical reasons. I mean, the fact is when you shift from a mindset where it's all about you or what I call an I focus or me focus mm-hmm. shift to an other focus where it's always about making other people's lives better, uh, adding value to their lives. I mean, people are much more responsive to you very naturally. People like you, they trust you. They want to be in relationship with you. They want to, in the business sense, do business with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the social sense, they want to be friends with you, you know. And so I, so that's why with The Go-Giver, when John David Mann, my awesome co-author and really the lead writer and storyteller, he's such a, a fantastic writer. I'm much more of a, a how-to person. I'm, I'm uh, step one, step two, step three. So it was a good collaboration. But when we say Go-Giver, we're really simply talking, Dr. Paul, about that person who understands that shifting their focus from getting to giving. And when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing value to others. That again, not only is it a a nice way to live life, a fulfilling way to live life, it's a very financially profitable way as well. Ah, 
for a lot of reasons that make sense when you think about how you personally feel when you're around people. If you, I, I'm sure you've had the experience many times, Bob, where a, a salesperson has hit you up to try to sell you something, right? Mm-hmm. And you can tell that it's all about them making the sale, getting the money. And, and in fact, we've had this term that your title became a play on. That, oh, he's a real go-getter. And people will be familiar with that term. Well, this is a shift to focusing instead of going to get something which repels you. You know, I've had those sales calls or people who knock at the door. And my initial response is resistance. I don't want that. As opposed to what you're suggesting here, that we shift our focus to how can we create value and serve. If people approach me that way, I feel very differently about the interaction. I, I think it really comes down to, and you, you really hit the nail on the head with, with where their focus is and the fact that we as consumers can tell uh, on a, you know, whether it's on a, on a um, outward level or just something we feel kind of yucky about inwardly. We, we can tell if that person, that salesperson has our interest at heart or their interest at heart. Now, you know, for, for the, the entrepreneurs and salespeople listening, and I know, you know, you coach these, you, you teach these very, these very things, and that's why you, yes. you're such a wonderful coach. And one of the things that, that we talk about is that, you know, let's really define what we mean by selling because this, re- this really has so much to do with one's success in, in terms of this. For example, there are many people, Dr. Paul, who, who would say, well, selling is about trying to convince someone to buy something they don't mm-hmm. want or need, right? You're now, right. that's not selling. That's called being a con artist or a thief, uh, right? What is selling? and coercion. <laughs> exactly. Uh, selling, by definition, selling is simply discovering what the other person does need, want, or desire, and helping them to get it. Well, how do you do that? You focus your attention on them. You you ask questions and you listen. You don't listen in order to, to you know, be able to close them on the thing right now. But you listen to understand, as as Dr. Stephen Mark, as Dr. Stephen Covey said, right? Listen, right. seek first to understand, then to be understood. Um, but you listen in order to understand and to be able to serve, as you just said. You listen to be able to to discover what it is they really want. Then, what a professional salesperson does is they tie the benefits of their product or service into what that person has stated they need, want, or desire. And so the focus must be on the other person. This is why John David Mann and I say that money is simply an echo of value. Money is simply an echo of value. It's the uh, thunder, if you will, to values lightning, which means nothing more than that the value must come first. That's the focus. The value comes first. And the money you receive is simply a very natural and direct result of the value you've provided. Yes, I love that idea, the echo of value. You see the lightning flash, and then boom, you hear the thunder. Exactly, exactly. But one always comes first. Right, one causes. Ah, exactly, yes. So this idea of value is really at the heart of it. And 
and remembering that it's not about you. Mm-hmm. It's about those that you can bless or enrich or, or create a better existence for. You focus on them and providing them with what they want or need. And then the money is a natural side effect. Exactly, exactly. You know, uh, we like to say that great, and this is, you know, whether it's sales, relationships, leadership, what have you, great leadership is never about the leader. Great influence is never about the influencer. And great salesmanship is never about the salesperson. It's, It's always about that person whose lives you choose to touch with the exceptional value that you provide. And the, you know, the, 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 the greatest salespeople, the most powerful influencers, the, the greatest, they all know this. This is how they run their lives and conduct their business. Now, here's the interesting thing, because we say in law number three in The Go-Giver is the law of influence, which says your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. Yes, but let me qualify that for people, because it might sound a little bit Pollyanna, right? You know, you're, <laughs> so, when we say place the other person's interest first, we're certainly not saying you should be anyone's doormat or a, a martyr or self-sacrificial in any way. Absolutely not at all. It's just that as Joe, the protege in the story, learned from several of the mentors, the golden rule of business, of sales, of leadership, of influence, of networking, what have you, is that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to and allow themselves to be led or influenced by those people they know, like, and trust. Well, hey, you know, there's no faster, more powerful, or more effective way to elicit those feelings toward you from others than by genuinely and authentically moving from a focus on yourself to a focus on serving them. Yes. I'm glad you made that distinction, Bob, because it's not about throwing yourself under the bus. Right. In fact, if you do that, you're not available now to serve. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so you do the self-care. You know what? And one of your one of your laws that you discuss in the book that you and, and John, and thank you for mentioning John David Mann, your co-author. I'd forgotten to mention him at the beginning. I apologize for that. Oh, that, oh, that's okay. That happens. You know, when, if someone's interviewing John, they mention John. If they're interviewing they me, they mention me. Up. So it's not, you know. <laughs> well, everything we do is collaborative. Right? I know, isn't it? Yeah. And this ties into one of your laws that you and John discuss in the book about receiving. Mm-hmm. Can you just address that briefly? What does that have to do with being able to give? Sure. Well, you know, the law of receptivity, Dr. Paul, simply says that the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. And in a sense, it's nothing more than the fact that we can't just breathe out. Breathing out's a great thing, but we can't just breathe out. We've also got to be willing to breathe in. We breathe out carbon dioxide, but we also breathe in oxygen. Uh, we breathe out, which is giving. We breathe in, which is receiving. You know, unfortunately, the world around us sends, and I, I won't say mixed messages about money and prosperity. The world gives us terribly negative messages about money and prosperity. And you think, you know, when you read the news or, or hear the news or you watch the discussions that the only way people make money is by doing bad things to others. And, and you know, sir, it's a big world. There are people who do that. But you know what? Especially to the degree that we live as a free market-based society, meaning that no one has to do business with anyone else. No one's forced to do business with anyone else. They right. do it on their own volition. The only way, the 
only way you can be prosperous financially is by providing exceptional value to the lives of many, many people. So when we understand this and we do this, we realize then that so long as we're focused on the giving of the giving of value, so long as we're focused on the giving, then we have earned the right, not the entitlement, but the right to receive. And we must allow ourselves to do this and not let the negative messages about prosperity that we get from the world around us to mess up our thinking. Right. And this is an acknowledgement also of the interconnectedness that we have because our receiving is directly tied to someone else's giving. And vice versa, exactly. Breathing out, breathing in, right? And and it's interesting because (laughs) as we breathe out, carbon dioxide, that's what the plants breathe in. And as the plants breathe out uh, oxygen, that's what uh, we breathe in. So, you know, it's, it's, all, it's all connected, isn't it? <laughs> right. It's, so the focus is really the important piece here. What is it that we are right about focusing on giving our, I, I call it our precious life energy mm-hmm. to give to it. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So there are five of these laws. We've mentioned a couple of them here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm trying to, to organize that in my own mind. We've talked about receptivity. We've talked about influence, Influence, which is the third law, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, um, the, the first one, the, the, the sort of the underlying one, the foundational one, is actually the law of value. Yes, Yes, which almost goes without saying, but comment about that for a minute, if you will. Well, it's the interesting thing that when we we say the the, the law itself says that your true worth in the business sense is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. Now, someone listening to this, uh, that that sounds counterintuitive when you first hear it. It's like you're leaving something on the table. Right, like you're not making a profit. It's like, aren't I going to go out of business this way? (laughs) So. We simply have to understand the difference, and this is key, the difference between price and value. Price yes. is a dollar figure. It's a dollar amount. It's, uh, it's finite. It simply is what it is. Mm-hmm. Now, value, on the other hand, is the relative worth or desirability of a thing, of something, to the end user or beholder. In other words, what is it about this thing, this product, service, concept, idea, that brings so much worth to someone or value that they will willingly, again, free market, they will willingly exchange their money for it and be glad they did while you, the salesperson or business person, makes an excellent profit. Um, let's say, for example, you hire a, uh, an accountant to do your taxes and this accountant charges you $1,000, we're just naming a round figure, charges you $1,000. Yes. That is his uh, fee or literally his price, The thousand dollars. But what does he give you? What value does he give you in exchange that makes it so worthwhile? Well, through his years of experience and hard work and learning what he's doing through his focus on you and your business and what you're looking to accomplish, he's able to save you $5,000 in taxes. He also saves you countless hours of time and he provides you and your family, your loved ones, with the security and the peace of mind of knowing it was done correctly. So we see here first that, again, while price is finite, value can be both concrete in terms of that $5,000. That's pretty easy to get our arms around. Mm -hmm. But also it can be conceptual in terms of 
the uh, peace of mind and right. how good he and his staff made you feel and all the other right things. So what he did is he gave you well over $5,000 in value, value. value. And he gave any, and, and, and uh, he did this for in exchange for a price of a thousand dollars. So you come away from this feeling fantastic. You got much more than what you paid for, but he also made a very, very healthy profit because in his mind, it's well, it's well worth it to charge a thousand dollars for the work and value that he did. So again, in a, a free market-based exchange, there are always two profits, the buyer profits and the seller profits, because each came away better off after the transaction than they were before the transaction. Which is really the only way to do this. Exactly. And that's why uh, when, you, when you focus on value, not price, you're in a position to be able to charge higher prices, get the money you're worth instead of, you know, I always say to people, unless your last name is Walmart, Trying to make low price your unique selling proposition is not a productive, it's not a fulfilling, and it's not a profitable way to do business. Because when you sell on price, you're a commodity. When you sell on value, value. you're a resource. So we want people to sell on high value and make a very healthy profit, but always give much, much more in use value than what they've charged. Ah, that's a foundational concept when we talk about living on purpose, the go-giver way. Folks, this is Bob Berg at Live On Purpose Radio. We will be right back. Thank you for listening to Live On Purpose Radio. We're so glad to have you here. Please come by the website, drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R, drpauljenkins.com. On the website, you'll have an opportunity to receive a free download. And while you're there, make sure you click on the social media icons. Come over to Facebook, where we will be posting these episodes as well as our YouTube videos and other content and announcements for you to share. Please like us, comment, subscribe, join the conversation. We're happy to have you with us here at Live On Purpose Radio. Let's all support each other to live on purpose. DrPaulJenkins.com And welcome back. We've got Bob Berg at Live On Purpose Radio today. Bob, you have cued this up so nicely as we've talked about the concept of the go-giver. And just before the break, we're talking about value as opposed to price, which some people equate with value, but it's really very different concept. Right. Two, di two different things. And that's something that, that we always need to remember uh, when we are in the sales process that no one's buying from us uh, based on what we want. They're buying based on what they want, which means value is always in the eyes of the beholder. <laughs> it's yes. what they believe is a value, not what we do. And so they're much more interested in, in, in the value they're receiving as opposed to the price. Even if they, even if they say it's the, it's the price, you know, we've all got into places and we said, no, when they asked, uh, you know, well, what are you looking for? And we said, well, we just want, I just want the lowest price. And we came away having bought something that was more expensive, but that we loved. And they, and no, there was no manipulation involved or anything. It's that when right. it comes right down to it, by and large, we want value. What we want is what we want. What's going to cause us to be happy. 
Absolutely. That's not, hey, and like that, what do they say? You, you never want to be operated on by the cheapest brain surgeon. Yeah, right. You want the value. Right. It's very rarely a problem. My friend Art Subcheck, one of the great sales trainers, says it's it, it's hardly ever a price question. It's typically a value situation. I think it has to be. You know, as you were talking about a free exchange in a free market economy, the the exchange has to have both people walking away feeling sure. that they received greater value than they came to the equation with. Exactly. And that's why, to the degree that an economy is a truly free market economy, with government's function, legitimate function, simply to protect people from force or fraud, but otherwise to let let people be free to exchange voluntarily with one another, it will create so much value every single time that the economy will build and build and build and, you know, there'll be... If they just, if the politicians would just listen to that and let people do that, there'd be pretty soon, there'd be enough jobs for everyone who wanted one and enough charity for everyone who needed it. And it's magic. Mm -hmm. You know what? It occurred to me as you were talking, Bob, that because value is at the, at the center of this exchange conversation, when we ask, what is something worth? What is its value? Of course, as you said earlier, it depends on, you know, to whom. Right. But really, price is the only wrong answer. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. It, it usually is, you know. We, we and, agree on a price that's that's between the way I value it mm-hmm. and the way you value it. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why it's so important to really genuinely and authentically understand the needs, wants, and desires of the customer because it's about them, not about us. And we can't say that enough because it's so natural that we, you know, we love our product or service. We feel so good about it and we love helping people with it. And so what happens is we fall in love with our product or service and we see it through our eyes, not through the eyes of the other person. And remember, People are different. Aside, as my friend and one of my old mentors, Harry Brown, used to say, aside from the fact that every single person ultimately seeks happiness, as they understand happiness to be, we are all individuals and different in every other way. So we cannot assume that what's valuable to us is what's valuable to another human being. And it goes right back to where you started with figure out what the other person exactly. values. Mm-hmm. To talk a little bit about compensation, if you will, because it ties right into what we're discussing here. Sure. Well, the law of compensation, uh, which is law number two that follows value, law of compensation says your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. So where law number one says to give more in value than we take in payment, law number two tells us that the more people whose lives we touch with the exceptional value we provide, the more money with which we'll be rewarded. So it's wonderful to provide the accountant. Let's take him in the first example. Your accountant did a great job of providing you more in value, giving you more in value than he took in payment. Uh, If you're his client, the chances are you really, really love him. (laughs) You would do business with him again, and you'd most likely refer him to others. Well, his other clients feel the same way. So as our accountant continues to add this kind of exceptional value to the lives of more and more and more people, his income will continue to grow and grow. And our accountant is very quickly amassing what we call an army of personal walking ambassadors. 
Mm-hmm. So where law number one is all about the value you provide, law number two takes it a step further and says, it's a matter of how many people whose lives you impact. Right. And how well you do that. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yeah, so, exactly. Like you said earlier, it's a natural flow. And then the money becomes the echo of the value. It's right, almost exactly. like a receipt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not the value itself. It just follows it. Right. Exactly. Wow. Uh, Bob, you you teach uh, and train also about a concept that is near and dear to my heart, and that is uh, the law of authenticity. Can you walk us through that a little? Sure. That's number four. And it, it says, the law of authenticity says that the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. Now, in the story, one of the mentors, uh, Deborah Davenport, discussed and shared a lesson she learned in her sales career, and that is that all the skills in the world, the uh, sales skills, technical skills, people skills, as important as they all are, and they are, and you know, indeed, uh, they are all very, very important. We should be continually learning those. Right. Uh, as important as they are, they're also all for naught if you don't come at it from your true, authentic core. Now, when you do, when you, as we like to say, show up as yourself day after day, week after week, month after month, people feel good about you. They feel comfortable with you. They feel safe with you. They know you. They like you. They trust mm-hmm. you. They are mm-hmm. much more uh, open to being in business with you and referring you to, to others. So showing up as yourself authentically is good business. So why don't people necessarily show up that way? And we might naturally default to an answer of, well, maybe they're they're dishonest or maybe they're trying to pull one over. And you know, again, it's a big world. So you've always got to understand there are all sorts of people, but yeah. 99.999% of the time, that's not the issue. Typically, when someone does not show up authentically, Dr. Paul, it's because they don't have the self-confidence to do so. They don't have a true understanding of the value they bring to the table. And it's important that we, that we do know. Now, I believe as human beings, we all have two types of value. Uh, first, there is intrinsic value. And that means just by being here, okay? Just by being here, we have value. We bring value to the table. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. But there's also what we call market value. And I define market value as that combination of strengths, traits, talents, and characteristics that allows you to bring value to the marketplace of other individuals in such a way that you will be financially compensated or rewarded for it. Now, we all have different, what Mike Littman calls assets of value, those strengths we bring to the table. Uh, Some people have a natural knack for numbers that they're able to communicate in a way that other people can understand them. Some people are naturally empathetic or they have a well-developed skill of empathy and that's fine too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some people are great listeners. Some people have a way of, you know, other people are great connectors. Like one of the, one of the characters in the book, they have a way of connecting great people with other great people for everyone's benefit. So we all have our assets of value. That's one reason why I think coaches such as yourself provide such an amazing service. And the reason why 
is because as human beings, it's very difficult for us to recognize and embrace our true value. Why? Because we're human beings. We are much too emotionally involved with, uh, with ourselves to really be able, I mean, I'll just tell you, there's times I've spoken with people who've told me something they're doing and I said, wow, that's amazing. That's fantastic. And their response was, oh, no, no, everybody can do that. Well, they weren't being falsely modest. They really didn't understand that. No, not everybody. (laughs) They can do that. They, right. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I think in order to, to, to lead us, to be authentic, we need to lead with our strengths. And in order to lead with our strengths, we've got to really be in tune to our strengths. Right. And ignore some of the distractions that come up because we will also be painfully aware of our weaknesses. Have you noticed? Sure. Oh, absolutely. And you know, there are, there are different weaknesses. I mean, there are weaknesses that we can, we can ignore, uh, you know, such as with me, I always say, you know, I'm not a good long distance runner, but since I'm 59 years old and not looking to run a marathon, I can ignore that. Mm-hmm. There are some weaknesses we need to mitigate by nature. I love junk food and I hate to work out. Well, that's something I need to mitigate. So I have a full, you know, a trainer who comes in every day and, and, and she also prepares all my meals. So I don't have to worry. You know what I'm saying? So right. I admit, I don't go, I'm not a health food, you know, not or well, I shouldn't say not. I mean, I, I'm not a health food, you know, um, I don't go overboard with it, but, right. but it keeps me healthy. And then there are weaknesses that we must turn into strengths. Uh, you know, for instance, that person who's, who has anger issues, right? And they yell at people. Well, that's not a good way to lead or to sell or to get along with people. Right. Now they might say, well, but I'm an angry person. I yell at people a lot. If I was to act otherwise, that wouldn't be authentic. That's hogwash. Mm. That's malarkey. It means, it simply means they have an authentic problem and they <laughs> need to authentically work on that in order to become a much more effective, authentic, you know, human being. Yes. And perhaps but, allow we, someone else to serve them in exactly. this case. Exactly. But we need to, but you're right. We, we need to lead with our strengths. Oh, Bob, I love it. So you've taken us through these five laws. We didn't exactly take them in order, but the law of value, the That's law okay. of compensation, the law of influence, uh, the law of authenticity, and then finally the law of receptivity. Um, these are all summarized in or, or, or illustrated in the book, The Go-Giver. How can people get a hold of that? Uh, well, they're welcome to come to the, the website, thegogiver.com, without the hyphen. So it's just thegogiver.com. And when they scroll down the page, they can, um, they can um, get a, a chapter or an uh, excerpt of the book if they like. And then they, can, they yes. can read that, see if they like where the story is heading, and then they can always uh, click through. So thegogiver.com. I think having listened to you today, Bob, they don't even need to read the first chapter. Just yeah. go order it. Maybe a whole stack of them for your team, folks. This is thank you. This is a great resource, and uh, the book is is a tight uh, summary of these laws that are so powerful. Bob, is there is there something else you'd like to share with our our listeners today before we depart? Well, you know, years and years ago, Dr. Paul, when I was just really getting started in sales and I was studying sales and I was learning it and I, and I was doing pretty well after a while, but uh, I, I certainly wasn't realizing my full potential. And one time I came back to the office after a, a non-selling appointment yeah. and I looked discouraged, I guess, because one of the people there, an older gentleman, he was not even in sales. He was, I think, in the engineering department of the company where I was working. And I, I know he soon retired. Um, but he said to me, 
Uh, he said, Berg, can I give you a piece of advice? And I said, sure, I, I, absolutely. And he said, if you want to make a lot of money in business, actually, he said, if you want to make a lot of money in sales, he said, don't have making money as your target. Mm. Your target is serving others. Yeah. Now, when you hit the target, he said, you'll get a reward and that reward will come in the form of money and you can do with that money, whatever you choose, but never forget that the, the money is simply the reward for hitting the target. It's not the target itself. Your target is serving others. And I think that if we can always keep that at the forefront of our mind, then we are always heading in the right direction. And we're always nine steps ahead of the game in a 10 step game. Ah, great summary. I, th I think if we latch onto that principle, everything changes. It's a subtle shift in the thinking, but one that is so powerful. Thank you, Bob, for your contributions here today. Oh, thank you so much, Dr. Paul, for having me on the show. I love the love the work you're doing and uh, so glad our, our great mutual friend, Kevin Clayson, had uh, introduced us. Yes, he is one of those connectors, as you mentioned mm -hmm. earlier. <laughs> Folks, you've heard it from the go-giver himself, Bob Berg at Live On Purpose Radio, and it's time. Go give them some good value and live on purpose. <laughs> 